Swap Mode. This is round 33. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by Mark the Canardian. Kirvin, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. We are in week 5682 of COVID Conference Mm -hmm. 2020. Uh, We're not really enjoying this, but we're making the best of it by talking to cool people. And we've got a cool person joining us on the couch for uh, co-op mode this week. And that is Matthew Keel, a former nerd gone rogue. How are you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing well. I've never been addressed as cool. I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> Matt, you're podcasting with sunglasses on. Come on. No, I do. No, that's not. That's I don't. I don't actually do that because I think I'm cool. I do that because I have. Uh, I, I I'm scared to look into cameras and see my face. Ah. Um, so when I see my face on the screen, I actually look away. Uh, early, in fact, you brought up Nerds Gone Rogue. Early in in that run, uh, I notice. I see. I still watch my own shows and just criticize myself. So um, I would I would basically watch the, those early shows and yell at myself for not looking where I was talking. <laughs> and I'm just like I'm just like you know you know where you, you know who you're talking to you know where they are like in reference to you why don't you look there and then I put I put I, as a goof I put reflectors. Uh, sunglasses on one day and Corey made his jokes. I go, look, Matt trying to be cool. But then I realized after I did it a couple of times, I'm like, I'm always looking at the screen because of the different, the different types of light. So I will, it actually like, it's like a weird sort of like stay within the lines situation. So, so it, it, it was a, it was a dumb thing that I did that ended up having a practical use and then it creates conversations like this. So uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> the Jim McMahon of podcasting. What yes. Can I say, gentlemen, you should be yes. wearing a headband too. Come on, come on, man. I'll, I'll, I'll find together. one and I will, I will, I will write high in highlighter. I will write Roselle on it. Just, oh, you know, perfect. Perfect. Reference Absolutely to the reference it. to the 85 bears. Oh yeah. Greatest well, football yeah. Uh, Matt and I go way back um, yes. and we are happy to have you on. Um, we've been introing, we've been having guests on the show and this has been a lot of fun. So Obviously, with less news stories, it's always fun to get everybody else's story of what they're up to in gaming and their opinion on the world's events within gaming itself. So let's start with what we've been playing, gentlemen, because uh, that's what we talk about with games. We talk a lot about games, but we actually should be playing them. So, Matt, any, uh, anything that's been on your radar? Um, I, uh, well, I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 2 uh, recently because I never actually went back to the PlayStation 4 version. So I'm trying to just... Get through that. I I will get the the platinum trophy eventually. Uh, I'm I'm through my first playthrough and one of the DLCs. I will hopefully in the next couple weeks wrap that up. I've been uh, for my my show story route zero. Not to insert a shameless plug. Uh, we did a game club for a game called Moonlighter, and oh. I've actually been going back to that on PS4 because I played it on Switch. My originally. son's actually playing that game on Xbox Game Pass, and he's it really is, enjoyed it. It is really, really fun. It is, it is, it was, it was one of those things that like, huh, that, that's a good idea. I expect that to be pretty good. Picked it up and I didn't get to play it in 2018 when it came out. But when I started for that show, I was just like, this is really deep. And I, I didn't want to stop. Pl- I didn't want to play anything else. Like, and it, even when I turn on my switch, like that game kind of got me off of animal crossing. Well, that in wow. 
that in Zippy T Bunny or whatever is or whatever that whole <laughs> shit <name> is. <laughs> yes. Um, he, uh, who who shall not be named? Yes. He's he's gone now. And yes. let's just hope he's forgotten. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I, I I have a roguelike problem, especially on Nintendo Switch. So I am playing Enter the Gungeon again. And that game is really, really fun, despite how intense it gets really, really fast. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's nice and absurd. How are you guys? Well, Mark has been playing a game with probably the longest name. <laughs> what the? That game has no reason to have a name that long. Well, I don't you, think that's the real name. Say, but, uh, say this I right started. <laughs> I started writing it out, and I just decided to go completely crazy with it in our show notes. Um, but actually, on uh, on Matt's uh, topic first, uh, Exit the Gungeon for Apple Arcade. If anyone has it, I think it hit consoles now. But uh, fantastic yeah. game! I think that's on Switch, right? It is uh, on Switch. I have not had a chance to buy it, but I want it. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, I, I really enjoyed playing that one. Uh, like I said, on on Apple Arcade, I, I really put the uh, Xbox controller integration with iOS through its paces because that is not a game you want to even remotely <laughs> go at with uh, touchscreen controls. No, sir. But uh, yes, <laughs> to back to uh, the game I've actually been playing uh, recently. Uh, my wife and I were a little bored the other night and wanted to play something. We were kind of browsing through the Switch list of games that we haven't played in a little while. So new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe came up and uh, in the show notes I did write it as new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe Switch Deluxe Super Edition for Switch Turbo so Hyper Fighting Championship play. Edition Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, that is what I've been playing. Uh, we've been playing that uh, together, which is is fun and sometimes frustrating when uh, you know we get frustrated with each other and start throwing shells at one another because you can actually kill people uh, on your your team in that game. Uh, so mostly fun. It's not like playing overcooked or something like that, where it's just straight up going to lead to divorce and throat stabbing mm-hmm. and that fun stuff. Uh, this is a little bit more low key. There's a couple of F bombs being thrown around, but it's all in good fun. And I've been playing it with the Nintendo switch, super Nintendo controller, which works flawlessly with this game and is instantly my favorite way to play this. It is fantastic. So if you haven't played this game since that new controller came out, do yourself a favor, go back, try it out. It makes a big difference. I that is the that controller uh, came out. So yeah, that's the one with, that you can only buy if you're part of uh, the NES online. Nintendo service, right? online thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it does work with this game and it works with the next game that I've been playing. So I'll just blow through both of mine at once. Uh, the Mega Man X collection. Uh, so I was playing Super Mario Brothers Deluxe and said, gee, I don't use this controller enough. What other games do I have? Mega Man X collection, jump back into Mega Man X. Uh, we'll get to the rest of them, but I've been really enjoying just going back to X and uh, plowing my way through the way it was meant to be played with a Super Nintendo controller. It is absolutely perfect. Uh, again, if you haven't played that game with a Super Nintendo controller and you have one, go back, start it up, play it the right way. It's uh, it's phenomenal. So I'm probably going to be kicked out of uh, the gaming populace because... I have really never played a Mega Man X game, and I don't know what makes them different than standard Mega Man. Was it just a change to a different platform? Did it just change the character? Was their well, gameplay mechanics uh, different? 
Before you answer, Mark, I want to say, yeah. uh, if you're getting kicked out, Todd, I'm going right with you because I never played Mega Man <laughs> X either. <laughs> yeah, Mega I mean, Man was X this just was, the edgy, uh, like, 90s version of Mega Man where he played a lot a of bit. grunge? I don't yeah. know. I would have liked Is to he see wearing that. flannel? Uh, yeah, That's was, what we uh, want to know. <laughs> yes, there, there's a flannel outfit for sure. That's a secret code that only I know. Uh, oh, I'll share it with you guys after the show. Nintendo gave it to you, right? Exactly. Yes. You know, you, you know, my uncle, that's weird. Yes. His super uh, power up is irony. <laughs> <laughs> so there are power ups. It is, uh, it is the same kind of Mega Man, you know, defeat a boss, get his power, but there are also suit power ups in this game. Uh, so Mega Man alone is not powerful enough to defeat, uh, his enemy, but, uh, Dr. Light left these, uh, upgrade stations throughout different worlds and stuff. So the first one uh, you usually get, the first one I got anyway, is uh, your leg upgrade, which gives you a dash ability. So it lets you dash a little faster, jump a little further. Um, then there's other upgrades. So if you look up Mega Man X, the picture you see is usually the fully upgraded armor. Um, this one, I think, introduced zero, if I'm not mistaken. My brother's way better with the Mega Man lore than I am. Uh, this one happens even further in the future than regular Mega Man games. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. It was the, the Super Nintendo upgrade to the Mega Man franchise, and they decided to kind of go in, in fun new directions and really take the uh, the Super Nintendo processing power uh, to the, the max. And <laughs> even in this emulation, there are still slowdowns, um, but it's a very, very fun and amusing game. Wait, so you need to create a console... That's strong enough to play this game without slowdown. So we definitely need ray tracing, right? That'll help 100%. power. It. Yeah. This um, is the crisis before crisis. <laughs> <laughs> they we'll do some interesting crisis. things with, uh, with this collection. Uh, there is some, you know, the usual collection. I, we talked about the Sega uh, Genesis collection a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is no different. There are different things you can do. So smoothing out the graphics or looking exactly pixel perfect for what it is, different types of framing, um, making it look like it's a CRTV. Um, you know, everything's, um, it's, it's, it's all in that package there that you can play around with the visuals exactly how you like it. And, uh, I, I found, not quite doing the CRT filter, but uh, I, I did like the original blocky graphics. I was playing with it smoothed for a little bit, and I was kind of like, I don't know, this isn't really like I'm. I'm not feeling this the same. Uh, I'm not getting the same vibe from when I used to play this back in the day. And uh, then I started looking through those menus, and I was like, oh, that's why everything's smooth and pretty looking. Shouldn't be like this. It's a Super yeah. Nintendo game. Let's go. I didn't, so I didn't uh, come here for pretty Capcom a travesty. <laughs> exactly, and I mean. Pixel art on the Super Nintendo, you're not going to get better uh, pixel art than that. So, uh, you know, turn those smoothing, smoothing filters off. You don't need it to look like some kind of a hand-drawn animation or anything. Give me those blocks. Yeah. It's like yeah, that, what is that, that feature you turn on your TV so it looks like it's a soap opera versus the uh, real cinematic look. Oh yeah, the, uh, the yeah switching between the, uh, the 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 melodrama button. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. When it looks like Johnny Depp, you could touch him in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's right yes. there in front of you. Yes. Yep. Uh, so, what about you, Todd? What have you been uh, playing? Well, you know, I should be playing Doom Eternal, but I suck. So enough <laughs> of that. I just, I, I mean, I guess I could play in baby mode, but I'm just that's just not where I'm at right now. So I'm playing the outer worlds. This is a game that I picked up and played a little bit. Didn't even get off the first planet. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm, 
I'm itching for something. And I've just gone deep into the Outer Worlds. Really love it. Um, I, I, I'm really, I, the thing that excites me about this game is it's not an 80 to 90 hour game. It's a 30 hour game. So I feel like it's attainable to play and do everything and still feel like I'm having fun with it. And it's, it's, I mean, it's the fallout game I always wanted because fallout I kind of liked, but the world didn't excite me because it was always kind of depressing. It was broken down. This is a space odyssey things are wacky but it's essentially a fallout game i mean spiritually it just acts like nice. one um i love the mechanic i think it's got better better um gunplay mechanics than fallout um it doesn't have the vats exactly but it does have slowdown which is a lot of fun um and your companions are fun you can upgrade them obviously i just and i'm dumb i'm a dumb gamer i didn't realize my companions had like uh, special moves that you could use. So one is just the coolest thing in the world. It's this dumb butt Felix who does a drop kick. That's like he looks so dumb. He's drop kicking a ro- drop kicking a robot, and it's like not moving at all. Or he's drop kicking awesome. a dragon, and it doesn't move at all. Or you've got this robot droid that shoots acid, and he just jumps up in the air and squishes everything. And obviously, <laughs> that would kill anything in real life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. They get back no. up. But I mean. The quests are awesome. It's so much fun. And you just meet somebody randomly and they give you a quest. And it's like, what's this about? And I'm just really enjoying it. So um, it is a little grindy, there's that, there's though. That, there's that saying. What is it? It's not your first choice. It's Spacer's Choice or something. That's like that, right. Spacer's yeah. Choice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. It's fun. Um, and um, I've gotten really good about uh, saving because when I make the the decision to steal something – and making mm-hmm. sure nobody's around me, but eventually somebody sees me steal something. But the great thing about this game is the fact that persuasion goes a long way. And upgrading okay. your upgrading your basically your skills, your either lying, intimidation, or persuasion are really worthwhile because you'll even though you're caught with your hand in the piggy bank, if you get really persuasive, they're like, "Oh, I'm leaving." And it's like the, the it's like the person that's stealing from a, a store, and they just have to let them go. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like that guy. So cool. You're like, I'm not stealing. Have, I'm just borrowing it. You'll get exactly. it back. I promise. <laughs> and they have no long-term memory guys. It's like, they all have short-term right. memory. Once they left me, they've never noticed me ever again. So I'm just really enjoying it. It's, it's, it's well worth it. I'm excited to see what they do next. Um, Obsidian's pretty cool. They're doing that grounded game next, which is just a weird hmm. choice. It's yeah. probably not for me, but Wait, is it's that, cool. is that obsidian? It is obsidian. It's for a little reason, side I- game. For some reason, I thought it was, that was a ninja. Th- I never. I'm, I might be. Mis- I'm probably mistaken. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll stop. And and when they put that game out, they said, "Do not worry. We're gonna make games like um, the Outer Worlds. Don't get pissed off at us, guys. You know they don't yeah. want to play what uh, Elder Scrolls, uh, uh, Diablo type, and then yeah. say, oh, our next game is eight years away. So, but Outer Worlds is great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Just definitely cool. recommend. It. Yeah. Grounded's the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Looking. Yes. With okay. Like tower, right. not, not tower defense, but it's like a survival type game. Yeah. Upgrading okay. and things like that. Yeah. I don't really get it, but it's going to be free and it's coming out in May, I think. Hmm. So, All right. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Played some Jackbox. And this is the perfect Ooh, game. I'm going to call it Bobby. Bobby Paul's. He says Jackbox is trash. But Jackbox is the perfect game for everybody because you don't have to like video games. You just have to like dumb trivia and dumb like uh, games. Mm -hmm. And it's what I've been able to play with my friend John from Secret Friends, who was one of the originators, and Charlie. We. 
family that you just want to have fun time with, like in a virtual happy hour, mm-hmm. low effort, lots of fun, and they're dirt cheap. What can and I say? And the barrier of entry is so easy. It, it, like when those started coming back out to PS4, um, I just love that like uh, – Anybody who could come over and you could have people at a party. You don't have to get everybody a controller. You don't have to make stuff. You have to make sure things are charged. Just like, yo, use this code on your phone and we're all playing. It is perfect. It is great. Do you guys remember that game on, was it the Xbox 360? Was it Seen It? Where yeah. they yeah. had Special four, it came with four controllers. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't I remember those. that. I remember it being on Xbox. But. Oh, it was the dumbest thing in the world. You had actual physical yep. like buttons. Like it was like it was just four a, buttons a, on a. Yeah, it looked like almost almost a, a shrunken down PlayStation wand with one big colored button on the top of it that so, you just bashed to so uh, to answer the to, question. You just had to hold your hand over the <laughs> like yeah, pretty like much. 80s yeah. game show or something. And I mean, I don't know how much the game costs, but I mean, think about that. All those extra controllers just to do that. Um, I think Sony even had one on the PS2 or PS3 as well. Same type of thing. But um, yeah, you're right, Matt. I mean, it replaces it. It gives everybody with a cell phone or Mm -hmm. or a smartphone can just log in and they play. And it's so much fun. So if you guys have not tried it, definitely do it. There's six versions now, Jackbox. And Mm -hmm. everyone is fun. Even the drawing ones where you draw, it's a lot of fun. I was was just going to say, uh, if, if you do want to try this game out and you don't want to spend any money, Drawful 2 is either free or dirt cheap. I think it was like five cents on Switch because Nintendo wouldn't let them... Uh, I, Nintendo has something weird, I think, where if if it's a paid game, you can't turn it back to free or something like that. So you can do like a 99% discount, but it, it oh. still charges you something. Uh, there are a few developers uh, because everyone's stuck inside and people want to give their games away for free uh, because they're super nice and Nintendo apparently isn't letting them. Uh, but other... <laughs> manufacturers uh, are giving Drawful 2 away for free, which is a part of the Jackbox kind of collection. So if you want to try out how it works with your cell phone, with all that kind of stuff, uh, you can download that pretty much anywhere. If if you are on Switch, it might cost a couple of gold coins or something like that. You could still technically get it for free if you've bought some digital stuff or whatever on Switch, uh, which I did because I wanted to try it out. Um, but uh, that's, yeah, very, very low barrier of entry. Like you said, it lets you play with your phone. And, uh, and then if you like it, you can get the full Jackbox party pack. Yeah, one through six, uh, anywhere. It's great. I I think I would just add to all add to all this. I think Jackbox Party Pack three is probably the best one of the oh, collection. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember which games are in it, just because I have all six, and there's like there seems to be like two hundred games in there. But uh, three is I think the one pound for pound that you're you probably if you play any one of those like four or five games you're going to have fun with it in some way, shape or form. And there are some of them that are like, like, okay, you don't know Jack is good, but these two are bad. And you know, but three Mm. is, is solid through and through. Yeah. And you probably own one somewhere on a system out of the blue. Like I think I own two on PC Epic game store gave some away. 
Uh, there's some that are free elsewhere. So yeah, just, just check it out. It's a lot of fun. Or, actually, I do. I can add this. If you have an Amazon Fire Stick, I think they're on that too. Oh really? All of, okay. all of them. I'm pretty Mercy. sure my wife and I were yeah. looking. We're looking at ours, and we saw Jackbox. I'm like, oh, we could play Jackbox. <laughs> and then I had to explain to her what that was, and and she's like, we could play it on our phone. I'm like, yeah. She's like, we should do that. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> I'm guessing Apple TV may have the same thing then. Oh, most likely. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine so. I'd have to look that up. Um, so I, I do want to just just for anyone who hasn't played this before, you mentioned you were playing it with uh, Charlie and a couple of other people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how do you play it? What's your setup there? Do you stream okay. it on Twitch or you guys all what what are you doing there? Because people I'm sure are listening right now, like it's social distancing. How are we gonna play a video game yeah. together? You play it on your cell phone. What's the deal here? So explain the, the process to well, people because I think Well, we actually did it on Skype, but my friend's done it on Zoom. And Skype is super okay. easy because you just share your screen and you and you click the link for sound. Because that's the big part that's kind of confusing because you want to hear the jackbox because the the commentary the 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 actual reading of the jokes and things like that are very funny so you have to share the sound uh as well it's very easy on skype you just share your screen um and you can still see everybody with their pictures like we're doing right now on the podcast and it's a lot of fun zoom has the same feature i'm i'm assuming now i don't know how you do it on mac if it's more of a facetime or or, or if you just download skype as well on your mac and do it that way yeah, i was just gonna say i can screen share on my on skype yeah. Right now, I'm, I'm on my MacBook. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you want to see everybody to see what you're all looking at. So, yeah, you definitely need some type of device that you share that screen and having one person being the host. And the likelihood of a, a group that you're going to have a PC or a Mac or something to do that would be great. The consoles, it's very hard because unless you take, like, a webcam from your PlayStation cam and have it look at the screen, probably don't want to mm-hmm. do that. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay. and, and Switch has no camera. So, so yeah. Right. Have fun with Nintendo on that. That's something like consoles probably need to adapt next gen, you know, to do Maybe. something like that where you can share your screen, do all that fun stuff. So, mm-hmm. but uh, with consoles, you do it with people together in front of the yes. TV. So there you go. Yeah. Um, right. And lastly, I bought a year subscription to PS now. It was $48. Okay. For a year. I actually, I, no I'm, I'm actually glad you said all that because I am curious and I have not, as someone who plays on PlayStation 4 predominantly, I've looked at that and been like, nah, not even going to try. So talk to me about PlayStation Now, Todd. PlayStation Now has gotten 100% better because now all PS4 and PS2 classics are downloadable. So it's essentially Game Pass. So you don't have to worry about the lag. You don't have to worry about the streaming and all that fun things. The games that they do have to stream are the PS3 games because... They still don't have emulation. They don't. They have probably a bank of PS3s <laughs> playing <laughs> on servers and playing your games there. But <laughs> I wanted to try it out just because I'm like, this is kind of cool. The library is very big. It's like 600 games. Mm-hmm. So not bad. Um, the mix of, of, of content is pretty good. Controls on there, which is neat. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. There's a bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. Some of PlayStation's best games are on there as well. Not everything. There's some gaps. Totally get that. Um, and they are going to rotate and have more frequent games like Game Pass does, which is good. Um, I don't think you need PlayStation Plus to use the service unless there's okay. maybe an online component, meaning like you're playing multiplayer. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Right. Separate it just like, you know, but they don't have a combined service yet. Um, so I played Virtua Fighter 5. I love the first Virtua Fighter. 
I love Virtual Fighter 2. So I'm like, you know what? A fighting game is going to be a good way to see if this thing holds up. And I don't know the resolution that it streams at. I, I honestly mm. don't. Because my TV tells me one thing, but I don't believe it. It'll tell me it's like 4K and it's not really. Yeah. So, and I know I'm not doing it. But I mean, it was really solid. I mean, there was a couple of moments, but I would say it was no worse than I experienced on uh, Project Stadia or whatever Stadia was before it was Stadia because I, I, I baited that. It was no worse than Project X Cloud when I used it on my phone and also through Wi Fi. I think all services will have that problem. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so, but it was still solid, and I enjoyed it. And it, with the fighting game, I never felt like it really got in the way. The resolution dropped a little bit, and it wasn't as crisp as I would say it was being locally played. So I was perfectly fine with that. Another okay. oddity, apparently, is you do need to have cloud saves. If you say, I'm going to cancel PlayStation now, you have to make sure your cloud saves turned on, or you will not be able to save your saves from PS Now. Mm. It's very weird. So they need to fix that. I'm assuming that's coming, but I have it. My stuff, everything cloud saves anyway, so it's not a concern for me. Um, I feel like part- that. I feel like that one switch is probably the least egregious way to do it, though. Yeah, it's it's a little weird, but it's it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah. The other part is DLC. So some games, like I was going to play Batman Arkham Origins. I've never played the DLC. I played <clears> Batman <throat> Arkham Origins on the Wii U. I'm probably like one of two people who did that. The DLC never <laughs> came out for that game on Wii U. So very weird. Oh, no. I'm like, okay, I want to play the DLC now. So I was going to fight it. Well, apparently, if a game is streaming, you can't buy the DLC. Like, <laughs> so it's it's just. A, but if it's okay, a downloadable that's, game, that's a that's there's your weirdness right there. It's, it's weirdness, but if the game is downloadable, you can buy the DLC off the store and play it, like Arkham Knight, which mm-hmm. I did because I never mm-hmm. played the DLC. And the, it was funny. Funny thing about PlayStation is. You could buy Arkham Knight, the standalone game, and the season pass for $40 separately. Or you could buy the premium edition that has everything for $12, which I just bought. So, wow. do, eh. so yeah, so weird. <laughs> so weird. This world we're living that, in. That's very weird because that's, that's one of the things for Game Pass that if I get a game, I'm going to say for free on Game Pass, but, you know, it's a paid yeah, service, you're, you're, whatever. But if, if you get a game on Game Pass and I really enjoy that game and I didn't pay anything up front for it, didn't pay the $80 yep. Canadian or whatever, um, yeah, I, I'm more inclined to buy that DLC. I'm more inclined to throw a little money at the developer and say, thanks for doing this. I know Microsoft gave you a truckload of money that they backed up to your studio, but here's a few more from me. And it, it seemed like why... Why is Sony just being like, nah, we don't want your money, bro. Thanks. Well, and that's the weird part. They let you do it for the downloadable game. So it's like a mix of mash of that, that, that to the PS3 and eh, there's still no PS1 games yet, which is a no brainer because it should be able to do it. Um, so overall, it's still a mixed bag. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, I think, for PS Now. Um, but I think, like, Charlie even bought PS Now so he could play all the old Lego games on PS4 for free, essentially, for, like, mm-hmm. 60 bucks. Or so for him, it was a good investment, and obviously being able to download that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're, like, just like Game Pass, if, if PlayStation is the only system you own and you want something cheap for 48 bucks, being able to play, you know, a library of 300 PlayStation 4 games that are downloadable – or PS2 games, there's like 40 of those. Mm-hmm. It's it's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. So, And and PS Now is only going to get better because they're going to use the Azure servers for Microsoft uh, eventually. And they're probably going to change their service anyways. I think I've called it PlayStation All Access is what I've deemed the service, what it will be in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a good name, guys? 
hundred percent. I mean, that's not bad. Okay. The, the, it's no, probably, Sony, it's, I, I have a feeling they're probably I mean, gonna it's, just, they're probably going to call it PS plus premium or something like that. Plus Excel. Like, yeah. It's no deluxe edition championship hyper. <laughs> PS plus pass. Cause yes, that's yeah. not confusing whatsoever online. Nope, not at all. <laughs> so to, I, I have a, a slightly related, but a little by divergent question. You said you'll love virtual fighter or virtual fighter. Do you ever play virtual fighter animation? Was that the one with the kids? Like they had super deformed thing. No, that was Virtua Fighter Kids. Uh, Virtua oh. Fighter Animation <laughs> what? was <laughs> uh, a Game Gear game. What? And it was surprisingly competent on Game Gear. I mean, that thing ate through batteries like it was going out of style. But uh, <laughs> Like Trekosaurus at like, a rally. <laughs> <laughs> Get a car battery. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you'll be good. Pretty much. That's what you needed to make this thing uh, function. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a fairly competent fighting game for for uh, Game Gear. And I'm sure I have it around my house somewhere. I did. I do have my Game Gear out there, but uh, I'll have to find that game and see if I can okay, uh, fire it up. Game Gear game, Mark. That's something to look up. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be one of those uh, cameras facing my system and... and uh, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, look look that game up if you're interested. It's uh, it was it was definitely interesting. But I played the hell out of that game uh, back back in the day. It was because uh, I did like Virtual Fight. My I think it was my uncle owned that system, and I I never owned a system that could run virtual. Uh, but Game Gear and man, I, I I played that game with every character. Available backwards, forwards, front and back. It was uh, it was a good one. Good. Okay, so I have one. I have one question though. There there was a Sega fighting game where you fought as one of the Virtua uh, racing cars. Was that Fighting Vipers? More than I know. That is more than I know. It was just the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, you were a fighting I car. Mean, there, there were there. Sega was a weird system. <laughs> and I mean, I never knew. I, I never knew Virtual Fighter was on Game Gear. I didn't have a Game Gear, but I did spend a lot of time playing the first three in the arcade when I was able to back nice. a long, long time ago. And those yeah. games are fun. Oh, they were a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Bring out. Yeah. Just definitely different world, different world of uh, fighting games. So, mm. gents, uh, let's move on to some news because, you know, some things have actually happened in the world of video games news. I had to dig deep for some of these stories. The first one's an <laughs> oddity, though. This one is a very weird place we are today versus when this deal was probably hatched. The fact that there's a cyberpunk Xbox exclusive console. It's the last series or xbox one x limited edition console that's going to come out it's limited to forty nine thousand uh uh, um, units units and this is bizarre it's coming out in june the game isn't coming out till september (laughs) xbox just marked down the xbox one x to three hundred dollars is this still an intriguing buy? I mean, it might be a great like collector's edition. Obviously, that's what it's probably going to be. But is this worth paying an extra $200 for? Matt, go ahead. You can weigh in on this first. Well, um, I, someone who, uh, for no other reason than, um, than uh, I don't want to say access, but like nothing has really allured me to the Xbox platform and the things that have have come out other places. Um, I think the one holdout is still Sunset Overdrive. 
Uh, and with Xbox One X being $300, and this is the last one to come out, as someone who has not enjoyed the, the beauty of Game Pass, because I don't have a PC that can play games, um, not going to lie and saying that and, and say that you didn't have this doesn't have me at least looking at it because as someone who does not have an Xbox One X, I could easily pick that up, get Game Pass, and play a whole bunch of games I've not had a chance to play for less than the $60 asking price, which uh, I like. And I know probably any game I could list has probably been on sale several times, So, but the the, the value is there. Uh, but also, this is weird. <laughs> and they haven't announced the price of this box yet. No. No, I, I, you have to assume it's going to be somewhere in line with other Microsoft, with, with other Xbox One X consoles. I mean, they, they could mark it up a tiny bit and say it's a limited edition, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think it's going to be. And it's uh, coming an with Cyberpunk 277. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it is coming with the game. So I do imagine it'll be at least. The, the price of the console and the game. I could imagine maybe them tacking an extra $100 on this for the limited nature of it. Uh, personally, I think it looks badass as hell. I, oh, I really? The, uh, I love the look of it, man. And the controller, damn. If, mm-hmm. if my wife wasn't going to uh, threaten to kill me if I bought any more controllers for systems, uh, I would have ordered this earlier today. I was looking at it before I even saw the show notes. I was looking at this controller and saying like, oh man, I like this. It's it's cool looking. It's just like, I don't know, there's something about the black and red on the one side and the metal on the other. It's uh, The controller's really getting me. Uh, the system itself, give or take, I already have an Xbox One X, so I, at this point I'm, I'm not even considering looking at anything else uh, until the Series X. And, and even then, you know, we've talked already about potentially delaying that purchase and kind of seeing how things go, especially with the baby on the way in the next month uh, or so. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Um, yeah. So, but I, I don't know, man, if, if, if this is priced well and it's the last special edition, we we've all seen how Nintendo special editions hold their value, go up in value. I don't know if Xbox One special editions will do the same kind of thing. That's something that we won't know until they stop producing them and gone to the next thing. And that might be the Animal Crossing or Zelda 3DS XL systems that are super hard to get and go for crazy amounts of money. Or it might just be some weird looking box that you can't get rid of, right? Like it's 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 hard to say right now but you know if like matt you haven't jumped into the ecosystem yet you're not going to jump on the xbox series x right away hopefully this is priced competitively and uh why buy a regular system when you could buy this one if it it was priced the same way and you were going to get cyberpunk 2077 anyway uh, which is a smart delivery game. So we know when you do upgrade to a Series X, that game is going to carry with it, and it's a, a digital download, so no worries on that front. Um, so if this is something that you want to get to hold off on a Series X purchase for even a couple of years, chances are this is going to hold its value better than a regular Series X or Xbox One X as well, mm-hmm. just because of the limited nature. So uh, you know, if, if you have the money and you have the interest... I'd say this is probably a better investment than a regular Xbox One X at this point. But 
that's that's about it. You know, if you're not interested, this probably isn't going to turn any heads. I mean, the first limited edition system I bought was actually the PS4 Pro. I have now. I had to replace my old PS4, and it, it, I got the Death Stranding one. Um, ironically, still haven't played that game really much. I played it a little <laughs> bit, but like you know, I, I it, it gave me a good impression. But I'm like, I have other things I have to do before the end of this year. Um, and I, I bought that because a the system looked. I thought the system looked cool. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not Hideo Kojima's number one fan or anything, but that system looked really cool. Uh, and this one, I'm getting like the same vibe from that. I'm like, this is, it, it's a, it's a, I'm, I like a weird design. I like a weird color scheme. And uh, as someone who was not, uh, as someone who has been PC shopping or PC parts shopping, I should say, and was not really. You know, I don't. I didn't really see the point of the cyberpunk graphics card. I do see this, and that might just be because I, I'm a console plebe. I don't know, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm I, I'm looking at this. I'm like, mm, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so yeah, based on your reaction to the two of us, I'm guessing you don't like the design of this console. <sighs> It, it's it's I thought it was Borderlands first. <laughs> like it's, it, it almost looks like a Borderlands cancel. Sorry guys. I just look at something like, hmm. It, it's gritty, it's grim, it's kind of got some weird color scheme. I, I it's just not for me. Perfectly fine. I just in Matt, I just bought a uh, basically a used Xbox One X for 230 bucks with a three year warranty. So I'm like, I'm in the same boat. I just bought it. So I'm set until something new in the Xbox uh, you know frontier beckons me to to upgrade to a series x which puts me in a good position but this is cool and if it's the right price it is perfect to get you through until whenever and that's awesome and the fact that it's down to like forty five thousand units that's cool and it could be worth something just to give you some some i guess context i was looking up the xbox 360 gears of war 3 console it's the ridiculously red box it's it's a series it's a, a xbox one or Xbox 360 S edition. So that was like the slim and it's mm-hmm. bloody red with a skull and it's got a controller, but a brand new one apparently is costing $690 on eBay, but a used Damn. one is costs, uh, costs about a hundred bucks. So oh, well, that's not right. okay. yeah, you got to keep those things in box really to maintain their value. It's like a Wii U. Mm-hmm. Wii U's you can buy for like a hundred bucks, but a boxed one that hasn't been opened or anything is probably four or five hundred bucks. So it's context. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, something for everybody. Once again, it's an odd deal. It's kind of like the, the marketing guy who made this deal has got to be kicking himself in the butt. It's like, oh wait, my console's coming out three months before the game is. <laughs> <laughs> well, also like how much of that was actually nailed down when this deal was made absolutely yeah i mean and and, yeah honestly i mean they could they could have probably held this back i i would say the discussions were do we hold the console back and launch it when the game launches and at that point you're just you're not going to sell them you know everyone's going to be clamoring for the series x the ps5 and i think you have that few months window when you know, we might still be locked indoors. We might still, who yeah. knows? Uh, so yeah. people will be clamoring. Uh, hell, I just, I got this today. No one's going to see this listening to it. But this is a case for my uh, upcoming iPad. It's a freaking beast. 
as compared to my normal iPad. That mm-hmm. thing's just massive. Um, so I got bored and ordered an iPad Pro. Uh, other people could get bored and order an Xbox. Uh, you know, it's a good time to launch something, and with a digital code, um, that's you know, that's it, you're not really missing out on anything when it does come out. Yeah. No, and I'm you know, and obviously we'll talk about this a little later, but uh, the there's potentially not going to be enough Xbox Series Xs to go around. Yeah, when these things launch because of supply chains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which may mean that you may not get to, you might be waiting a couple months, February, March, or whatever. Um, if we go back to when the last gen systems launched, not everybody got a PS4 at launch because they sold out pretty quickly. Same thing with the Xbox One. So mm-hmm. if you want to play, yeah. uh, this might be the only way to play this game. So why not? Depending on how constrained that, hey, we, we can talk about it later, but I mean, like, yeah. think of the Wii, how, how constrained that was, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it could be, could be dire straits, but let, yeah, let's get that, to that later. Yeah, that leads us actually into the next news story. Apparently, there's many rumors around the, the, the web uh, about basically consoles getting uh you know obviously we've got the big reveals that are going to happen because of like e3 like events that will all be Mm -hmm. digital in june but sony's got to figure out how they're going to do this and same with xbox Mm -hmm. i mean they've shown a little bit but i mean let's get all the console stuff out of the way so we can focus on games later and so we're kind of running out of time we're at the you know middle of april now and we still haven't seen the playstation box and if they are going to you know be able to focus on the games they've got to start showing these things so we're getting rumors now that they're going to see these these total reveals you know they're going to reveal everything the back Mm -hmm. of the dual sense will finally be shown the the playstation 5 will be shown um we'll see more of what xbox has to show from all of their physical boxes in may most likely what do you think about this guys you think that makes the most sense to have like get the, the the boring stuff the hardware stuff out of the way first I mean, the, the, here's he, as someone who just admitted to being a console plebe, uh, I'm, I'm going to hold true to that. Like the specs always intrigue me. Um, the, the way that specs are revealed intrigues me too. Uh, but I don't always know what those specs mean. I mean, the beauty of like when Mark Cerny was streamed talking in front of the Mystery Science Theater guys, um, <laughs> uh, I thought that was. I thought that was a good talk because he was speaking about things I have no entryway into, but in a way that I kind of understood. And I think he was, I mean, we all know that that was his GDC talk. So that was for game developers, not necessarily for John Q me. Um, I'm interested to see like what the, what the front facing details of each system is, are are finally going to be because we've, 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 we've talked about the engine. We've talked about what's under the hood. And you, uh, I, I'm not really too excited to see the boxes because I'll bet you they're going to be boxes. <laughs> and I'll bet you they're going to have six sides, possibly rectangular or parallelogram-ish, which is basically a rectangle, uh, or rectangular prisms if you, if you want to get super into geometry bet you they're all going to look pretty standard. I mean, that thing we were, that they were showing that the PS five was with that little indentation or whatever. No, this there, I don't think Sony is putting out the back of the millennium Falcon as their console. (laughs) Um, but I, I think that you're probably going to see boxes. I mean, it'd be nice to see if there's any additional buttons on the back of that dual sense, because 
Lord knows, um, as someone who has, who once held an Xbox Elite controller and think that's one of the best controllers I've ever held, uh, I would love something with that kind of weight and tactile feel uh, mm. for my PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, which is I'm definitely going to buy. So, um, so yeah, it's always exciting to hear new things, but let's not get let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater when all of a sudden it's just a box. How about if we actually take that tech jargon and actually put it on display? Xbox mm-hmm. did a great job of talking about stuff, but we saw mm-hmm. it with Gears. Yeah. I've seen Gears a billion times. It's hard mm-hmm. to tell if Gears looks better or not because it's a damn looking, good looking game. Right. How mm-hmm. about how about new games and they're using the fast load times and mm-hmm. they're using ray tracing and they mm-hmm. call, show all these cool things and things we haven't seen before in this generation that's going to make people excited. And so then you don't have to talk about the way the tech works and how it plays out in games. When you would talk about all the games, you can just show it at these little events and things like that. Do you think they're going to show like talk about price in May? Or do you think that's something they hold off until like August, September? I feel like they better. I mean, I feel like that goes into the front facing detail. They have to start talking about price. And I think Mar- oh, Mark is addressing people off camera. I, I'm like, I couldn't tell. No, I'm I trying to calm my dog down so I can come back without her. Oh, going that oh. oh, no worries. No worries. Um, so no you worries. guys, uh, she's excited about it too, about. Mark. Well, she's like, super excited about it. Uh, so Mark, I think, uh, oh, she is losing it. Um, I think Sony has to come out here earlier in May to get ahead of everything that's going to happen for E3 time. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize for this. You know what? You guys go back and forth. I'm going to come back. Go ahead. Go ahead. No problem. No problem. I, I edit for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> not, not because I say a, dumb, a million dumb things every episode, because, you know. All right. I finally grabbed a hold of her. Uh, so. <laughs> hold um, me, Daddy. Hold me. Holding. Yeah. She, oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not like cuddling, holding her. I'm just grabbing her by the collar. I'm <laughs> waiting for people to walk past the house. Uh, so I think, um, you know, both of these manufacturers obviously know what people are going to come out with during E3 time or whatever IGN's doing or whatever. Um, so I'm wondering if this kind of points to game developers holding conferences in June. Uh, is this going to be where the games are shown off? You know, are they coming in June and these guys want to get stuff out of the way themselves in May about the consoles? So then June's all about games, right? Is this the going to be the big reveal time in, in May? Uh, does, I think Sony has to catch up. I know we've we've seen boxes and stuff and it's, you know, varying levels of excitement depending on how excited you get over plastic boxes but uh mm-hmm. you know xbox has definitely been a little bit more forthcoming with their information and that kind of stuff i don't i still don't know if we're going to see prices at this point but i think both of them will be laying out their groundwork for june to be a big here's all the games kind of month okay that's just my take on it now, yeah i uh, mean oh go ahead todd i'm sorry i was gonna say so far we've seen really one game so far that's going to be playable on each system. We've got what Godfall on PS5, Godfall, yeah. and then we've got uh, Senua Hellblade to whatever it's called. Uh, that's something we also haven't seen before. <laughs> and, and, and quite honestly, we we know Halo Infants coming out, but we haven't seen gameplay yet. We've seen like a scenery, and we've seen like a cinematic. So I think 
there's got, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, I want to see what makes this game special. And I want to see how the tech is used to make mm-hmm. it really exciting and different. And why is this Halo going to be the Halo that it hasn't been the last two, which people have not really cared that much for? So that's where I want to see. And I want to see PlayStation. Hey, guys, is Last of Us 2 going to be your big game that's the big console? Or are we going to get something special and new? Or is it going to be Horizon 2? Or is it going to be something like that? Because Sony Studios have not exactly lately been that productive. I mean... Productive is probably the wrong term, um, not to not to be super contra- contradictory, but like I think, I think the luxury of being ahead has kind of been, you know, the catalyst for Sony just saying, "Take your time, get it right." Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like if the, I feel like if this if this sales race were were a lot closer or even tables were turned i think ghost of tsushima would be out already Mm, i think last of us 2 would have a release date i think they would probably be trying to ham fist a lot of things into this generation where Mm -hmm. a lot of the time like they really haven't had to do that um i mean and i i like the way i like what mark was saying about how microsoft being uh you know pretty forthcoming but they've also been everywhere like they've yeah. been like i mean let, let's i mean take take what's going on in the world right now out of the equation take take the coronavirus covid-19 out of the equation microsoft was at was at apex they were at they they've been at conferences in 2020 and sony has pulled out of every single one of them except for gdc which got canceled because mm-hmm. of and all they were going to do is uh a tech talk for developers and they streamed that online and everybody expecting a PS five reveal was bored to tears. Um, I personally, while I, I knew they were going to do the GDC thing. Like I was not bored by it. I'm not going to say I understood it. Um, so I think it's just the way that Sony decided to really take control of their message uh, circumstances have found a way to make that to make them look silly for doing so, um, mm. and and you know as I don't none of this is none of this is their fault, and then with the supply chain thing that'll most likely cause uh, delays of people getting consoles, um, that is something that you know a, a, a company like Sony and even a company like Microsoft. They'll have to. They'll find ways to adapt to it because they're. You can say what you want about how this generation has gone for either side. Both companies have incredibly intelligent people, uh, capable of coming up with ways to adapt to this. So the fallout is not minimized, but definitely decreased. Yeah, it's about show, don't tell anymore for Sony, right? Mm-hmm. They've they've yeah. talked a lot. They just haven't shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Microsoft. They've talked about a lot of their studios. We haven't seen a lot, except for yeah. some of the things that Obsidian has done. I mean, obviously, that Fable game, I want to see that finally. So uh, they have a lot of work ahead of them to really get us excited about what they're going to bring. But I don't want to see the old games looking better on Series X and PS5. Mm-hmm. I want to see new experiences that make me say, oh, this is really exciting. This is what uh, the order... 1885 or whatever it looks like. 1886. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so you think sure. we're going backwards in time? Yeah, it's a, it's a prequel. Why not? Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Mark, that's, that's exactly the direction you haven't. I think liked. they should take that series in. Let's Everybody go a year before a the events happen. Uh, yes, but I, yeah, for sure. But but what I think would be perfect on these games or these these new systems is a serial based game. Don't you agree? I agree. Just bring your own milk. A serial-based game. Okay. And what serial-based game would that be? Well, gentlemen, there's a little game called Chex Quest back in the day. Uh, This was given away by uh, Ralston on serial boxes. And basically, it was in the Doom engine. (laughs) And you had to stop aliens from stealing your checks. Uh, Naturally, yeah. I think this was up for an Emmy for best screenplay. Awesome. I think so. Was Wasn't there a Sour Patch game? Oh, I'm sure there was. Yeah, there was a there Sour, was a Sour Patch, Patch game. game. And there was a no, I'm, not, I'm, ta- game. I'm talking about like in the last. Yes, there five was. Years, on maybe six. Yeah, I like think. it was. It was on big consoles and downloadable. And I'm pretty. I think I might have. No, I didn't have it. I was. I kind of wanted to play it though. I watched a lot of gameplay on it. There was a Doritos game on 360. It was kind of like a wipeout type of game. Okay. Based on, yeah, it was when Xbox was getting people to make games for the system. My son actually liked it. We liked that game. But yeah, Chex uh, Quest is kind of fun because it was a game that was done in conjunction with the serial company. It was based on the Doom engine. Very fun. Well, people have embraced this game and that's actually going to be re-released. Actually, uh, Friday it was re-released in a physical edition. $149, gentlemen. Awesome. You get a shirt. You Too get a much box. for my blood. <laughs> I don't think it has yeah. Chex. I don't think it comes with Chex cereal, which Mike, sorry, uh, caveat. My company owns checks now. They bought Ralston, so I, I'm okay. not. I'm not. They make nothing off of this, though. They've allowed them to. do I this. wonder how this game got snuck into the news <laughs> list. Big cereal. Big. C- <laughs> but it, it's a Mark. Mark, they got, Todd. they got Todd. They got Todd, guys. I'm, I'm all in. But the fact that this game. You hear that dump truck full of money backing into Todd's driveway right now? So that's what that beeping is. Yeah, that's why it's $150. Right. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Todd the Todd fee. It's the Todd bribe. They have, to, they have yes. to build that into it. On, on yes. the back of the box, it's this face that you see at Todd, and it's like the Oxtra seal of approval. <laughs> but what you get in this stupid package for 150 bucks is ridiculous. You get a game. Thankfully, you get a uh, USB (laughs) stick that looks like a 3.5 inch floppy, a T-shirt, you get enamel pins, you get a Chex Warrior statue, you get a full scale Zorcher replica, you get art, uh, a T-shirt, a signed poster by the Chex Warrior. I mean, come on, holographic stickers, a coin, a box, a CD, soundtrack. Matt, I'm sure I've, it's on vinyl too. I've backed board game Kickstarters that have less than that. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. I mean, no if, if you're a fan of weird games and stuff, this is a gold mine. Yeah, like, it... where's the trapper keeper? That's all I want to know. Right, right. <laughs> but that's not all, gentlemen. Oh, that's wait, not wait, all with Chex Quest. They're making an HD version of this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to steam guys it's a well, non-violent it's fps and well i mean the, it's, it's, it's the other it's the other non-violent fps after splatoon let's let's give splatoon its respect exactly um, i love this though it says the non-violent fps will be free to download but you have to spend 149 dollars <laughs> 
Wait, is it is it 149 on Steam? Please well, tell for me. the for the actual box that you're gonna oh. get with this. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Once you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you can buy a physical copy for forty dollars just of the game, guys. So there you go. Oh, I was sitting there thinking like that was the only edition. I'm like, wow. It's like it's in <laughs> Unreal Engine Four. Oh, that's so good. Amazing. So, Amazing. so there you go. I just want to see what unreal. this looks like with ray tracing. And I want to see with no load times. I need to see all of the crevices of the checks pieces. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. We, we need that. We need that. We need that high definition milk physics. Exactly. Honestly, uh, I kind of love the checks warrior statue. Like that's just so hilarious. <laughs> it's really good. Like, for anyone listening, look up a picture of that. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I love this so much. Such a yep. such a weird story. This is not brought to you by General Mills, by the way. So you, you do yep. not have to spend one hundred and forty nine dollars on this to get a little bit of joy out of looking at that checks warrior. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure he's the hero we or I'm not sure the checks warrior is the hero we want or need, but nonetheless, You're we, still have the, we have the checks warrior. <laughs> He's showing up at your house and saying, buy my game, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like your copywriter, uh, warrior, that's Kool-Aid's job, okay? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. um, next, real a real news rumor, gentlemen. Apparently, this WB Montreal game that has been rumored, it's everything is, they've been like so many times they've been saying, hey, we're going to debut our game, and apparently something has gone wrong because they've shown images. Instagram that was the Twitter, yeah, yeah. Images that fit together, and it was Court of Owls. That's what it is. Thank yeah. you, Mark. Yeah, apparently that was that was canceled. There was supposed to be a Damian Wayne game, but apparently they're rebooting the Arkham. Well, it's not even going to be Arkham anymore. It's just going to be a new Batman game outside of the Arkham series, and apparently um, it's going to have co-op elements, and you're going to be playable with the Bat family. Um, oh, that's cool. W- WB Montreal, I believe they did Origins, which was mm-hmm. not well received, but I enjoyed it as a game. I liked the storyline. Um, I thought it was well done. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that now they've got a lot of time under their belt, they've worked with Rocksteady, I would enjoy a co-op Batman game. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this sounds badass. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, I'm a big fan of Court of Owls, actually, about three feet behind me right now there's a quarter vowels mask in the uh, collector's edition um so you know if they if they use what they learn from the arkham series even kind of do a soft reboot you know don't change too much the the combat the the look the style the feel uh is still great from those games uh but if this is kind of a soft reboot with like you said the the bat family and uh, co-op and a few other little features and you know interesting story i think this is this is great i think uh like you said wb did a great job on origins despite some of the problems and you know i i agreed with some of it i thought they were being a little too harsh on others but uh, i thought origins was uh was a very competent game and i'm sure the studio given hopefully more time depending on when cancellations happened and how much they had to start over and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think they can make a really good Batman game. So uh, until I'm proven otherwise, I'm still very excited for this potential concept. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I loved I loved Arkham Asylum. I did not play City or Night, and the people that I know personally that have played Origins have said um, this is basically the equivalent of uh, of a consistent like A plus A minus series releasing a B plus game. So I mean, like I'm a big fan. I'm a big music guy. Uh, I feel like this is the Pixies bossa nova of Batman games, yeah. rather than Doolittle or Surferosa. So, <clears throat> and and you know, let I mean. Bossa Nova is actually my favorite Pixies album anyway. <laughs> so take funny, from that what you will. <laughs> funny story. I just saw, uh, I was watching uh, MTV Classic. 120 Minutes was on and they were showing uh, My Valeria. Oh, nice. Yeah, so there you go. So that's my Pixie knowledge there. But um, I looked at their their background, W Montreal, and the last thing they did was DLC work for uh, Arkham Knight. 2015. So they've had plenty of time, guys, to really work on something um, since 2013's Arkham Origins. So, which is good because I mean, if WB really wanted to, they could have milked this, you know, cow much more than they did and had games out more frequently. But this is a good sign, Mm -hmm. and it just creates a. And and quite honestly, this allows Rocksteady to do something completely new, a new character, a new universe, or whatever they want to do. So very cool. Yes, I want to know what they do next. Very excited what they do next. Yeah. And then lastly, we missed this story last. I love this story. There's been so much noise about Endo making basically an HD collection of classic Mario 3D platformers. And calling now, it All Stars 2, I think. I think that's that, that's been something to, that's been something that has come from this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently Super Mario 64. Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario 3D World, Super Mario Galaxy. I don't know if we'll get those as a full collection. That seems too generous from Nintendo, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They've never loved a board uh, that they couldn't charge $60 with, right? Right. Yeah. Especially with, uh, so I don't know, uh, before we, just before we started recording, I shared a picture from uh, Twitter. It was uh, Wario64. Uh, shared the listing is not activated, but there's a listing up for Super Mario 3D World for Switch at Best Buy. He even had a SKU number, $60 price tag, US. Uh, take it with a grain of salt, but uh, yeah, could be coming. So I could really see them putting that game out as a re release. I mean, I just talked about playing new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe Switch, whatever the bloody hell it's called. Uh, I can't imagine them putting that game out for full retail price and not 3d world, but the other ones uh, alone, uh, 64 sunshine and galaxy would be such a fantastic package. Just those three games, you know, nothing else included. So I'd love to see galaxy one and two. That might be just me. I don't know. I loved galaxy two. Galaxy two is a perfect 3d platformer. Thank you. Yes. Okay. (sighs) We need to get him back on. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, <laughs> and I love Sunshine. Sunshine is one of my favorite games in the world. And guess what? The majority of these games, because Switch is so big now, a lot of people never played these games. Yes. I mean, the GameCube had 20 million consoles sold. I mean, the Wii U had even less than that. The Wii mm-hmm. did perk up, and, and Galaxy is probably well more well-known than most of these games. But even mm-hmm. 64, I mean, I think they sold maybe 30 to 40 million consoles, and I never loved 
64 because by the time I got around to playing it, it felt very dated and the co- and the cameras and everything didn't feel right. So I would love it. And I've heard rumors that uh, uh, Miyamoto said you can't touch Mario. Maybe he's relaxed on that. They've said, you know what? Now you can. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, 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 my co-host on Story Route Zero, Jason Marshall, he did say that the Super Mario 64 that was made in Dreams, Nintendo went ways to shut that down. His conspiracy theory of it is because Mario 64 is going to be part of this. Now, I'm kind of with you, Todd. I, I think Mario 64 is a very, very, very important game. I don't know how well it holds up. I haven't played it since I had a 64. I don't really I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure I really want to just because 3D platforming has come a, a distance. In fact, if you look at Mario Odyssey, I feel like it has more in common with 3D World and Sunshine than it does 64. Mm-hmm. Um that mm-hmm. said, any any of the 3D Marios that have been mentioned on this call, I would I would take hand over fist because, you know, they're some of the they are some of the best games ever made. They really are. Mm. And uh, also, I don't think we've talked about it yet. Uh, there's also going to be a new Mario RPG installment in this. Yeah. Or no, is it? No, not Mario no, RPG. Paper, I'm sorry. Paper Mario. Paper Mario. Paper yeah. Mario. I, I think Who I made I'll, the first Paper Mario. I, I know RPG was square. RPG but the, Square, but I, I almost yeah. gave Jason Marshall a, a heart attack if he hears this because he loves Mario RPG. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, I remember there was a Paper Mario on the Wii that people really enjoyed, but beyond that, I don't have a lot of history. My son liked Sticker Star and those type of games, and even Color Splash, he liked those. I did not. Yeah, I, I played the Paper Mario. Was that the Thousand Year Door on the Wii? Uh, uh, so the original yeah. Paper Mario uh, was on the N64. Yeah, that was uh, Intelligent Systems and Nintendo yeah. developed that one. They yeah, took yeah. over in-house, uh, basically, instead of doing another real RPG, they, they went uh, paper. Mm-hmm. Which is... Yeah. Yeah. Which I love that concept of the, the playing of the two the different dimensions. When mm-hmm. he goes flat, mm-hmm. or he goes backwards, I love that. If they wanted to do a hybrid with the RPG elements, that would be a lot of fun as well. I'm all in. I I got, I got a weird Mario. I got a weird pitch for you. Um, do a Paper Mario Galaxy, but incorporate the elements of Link Between Worlds. You call it Link Between Galaxies. Just saying. Mm. I love that. That'd be great. <laughs> I've pitched really cool. to, to Logan many a time. I said there needs to be a Mario Brothers, but it's time based. So they basically go back to different eras. So like Mario is cavemen. Mario is the Roman emperor. Mario, obviously Mario in Japan, things like that. But I think that would be a lot of fun. And obviously did Mario cavemen with the dinosaur in Odyssey. But I think that would be a lot of fun too. Different mechanics and, and, you know, Yoshi, that's, we find out Yoshi's origin that Mario (laughs) stole him from the dinosaur age. Why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly. So with, uh, with this collection, this uh, All-Stars 2 or All-Stars 3D collection, do you guys think they'd do the full remaster treatment, kind of like they did with the first uh, Super Mario All-Stars? Or do you think this would just be a collection of these games as is 64 still looks blocky as hell, GameCube still has the, the issues that GameCube would have, and the, the Wii and Wii U? Do you think 
they basically take those and just kind of say, well, they look prettier because they're playing on an HD TV, but otherwise we haven't touched them at all. Or do you think they'd actually put some effort? Do you think we'd see Super Mario 64 look a little bit more like Odyssey? Do you think they'd do that kind of treatment? Do you think they'd even do, you know, Ocarina of Time 3DS uh, looked prettier than Ocarina of Time. Do you think they do anything to these or just release them as is? And uh, we basically just, this is an emulation machine. You're not going to get, uh, you know, anything more than the NES and Super Nintendo with Nintendo Switch Online for right now. So here's this to hold you over, but the games are as is. What do you guys, uh, what's your what's your initial thought and feeling on this collection? I think if they do uh, a collection that's only $60, it's just ports. If they right. do the remasters, I think uh, you might get a Galaxy collection, which is one and two remastered right. for HD, because there's not as much heavy lifting with that game. I mean, there's obviously certain motion control things you have to fix, but the rest, I could, I mean, I could obviously see paying forty to sixty dollars for remasters of N64. Uh, Sunshine mm-hmm. had a lot of work to be done. I could definitely see those. Um, I, I, I try not to guess when uh nintendo is concerned because uh every time i every time i do uh it's not it's not just that i'm wrong it's how far <laughs> i'm wrong um i will say this there have been a lot of remastered collections of older games that have come out I'm looking at you mega man I'm looking at you the saga and they've taken at least minimal effort to examine the legacy um and and do what needs to be done to to not necessarily make it just playable, but make it competent. Update, you know, some of the aspects of these games uh, in terms of bringing them forward so people can play them and more more often than not complete them. Uh, because games aren't what they used to be back then. It's not about buying however much that cartridge costs and just beating your head against it until you beat it. Um, so the the ideas are out there i feel like it's up and and it's up to nintendo to sort of take those ideas and implement them um i don't know how long none of, i don't think anyone really knows how long this has been in development uh or how long they've been thinking about this and once details are hopefully uh actually i should probably cross my fingers hopefully <laughs> announced um we'll know what kind of time they've taken. Mm. Uh, but that being said on the switch specifically with a lot of their first party IP, they have been looking at, they have been looking outside of themselves and taking influence uh, and been taking phenomenal notes and implementing things, you know, the right way mm. across their library. So one can only hope. Yeah, Mark. Absolutely. I mean, Nintendo's. I, some people said Nintendo's running out of franchises to bring back on the Switch because they've kind of emptied out their arsenal to a large extent. So this might be a good way for them to give them some breathing room so they can rethink some bigger ideas like the the mm-hmm. Breath of the Wildization of other franchises. Maybe doing this is a great way to give them some more breathing room on the Switch. What do you think? Yeah, I really think. Um... Yeah, I, I really think you're you're right on on that one, and I I wonder if maybe maybe not to 
determined by you know COVID nineteen and that kind of stuff. But will will this? I mean, maybe this was the plan anyway. But I wonder if in the next year we're going to find out or we're going to see a lot of these kind of remakes, remasters, or collections come out uh, as a way either to buy time or just to make some money while everything's kind of shut down and development's a little slowed down. Um, is this just going to be the first of, of many? And will, uh, you know, will they also use that as one time to think up new ideas, but two time to gauge some, some uh, interest, you know, the, the Mario collection for a 35 year anniversary makes sense. But after that, you know, do you go with the Metroid prime collection? Do you go with, the wave race collection do you go with uh you know whatever the zelda collection there's so many collections or single games that can be remade remastered put out for i'm assuming i I know zero about game development but i'm assuming for a fraction of the cost of building a new game from the ground up to pay a studio and say hey port this save it you know save as dot switch and here here's wave race uh Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want that, and I'm I'm hoping we see that uh, through the next year. Uh, I guess which kind of leads us into the bon- bonus round. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of, I, I'm I'm assuming this one's going to be, you know, the 35th year anniversary collection for for Mario. It makes sense timing wise, but uh, for other ones, I, I I think yeah, you might be right on that. For one reason or another, is Nintendo going to do this to, you know, to pass some time to fill in those gaps? Yeah, Mario turns 35. Well, Super Mario Brothers turns 35 September yes. 13th, 2020. So there's still there's still time, but I think this is great. And think about all the new people that are owning Switches because of the COVID situation we're in. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they just it's going to be like Wii Sports, where it's like I've got a Wii, I've got Wii Sports, that's all the games I need. Where I've got a Switch, mm-hmm. I've just got Animal Crossing, that's all the games I need. Mm-hmm. Nope, maybe they'll need more like that. So that leads us into, like you said, Mark the bonus round which is all about we really don't know what we're going to be playing this fall because all we know at this point is uh one game cyberpunk 2077 right well ghost of tsushima comes out in 68 days they haven't pushed that back yet so nope there's still time (laughs) exactly that's it there's two games nintendo has no games announced past like may 20 like may 29th that's like their dividing line nothing else it's done We've already <laughs> talked about how Sony's DLC. party is not doing anything. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, and then Xbox has not announced anything either. So, uh, Halo Infinite has not been delayed, and that's about it. So, there you go. Gaming culture is all about what's next. What am I going to play next? What am I getting excited for? What am I going to pace myself? What am I going to buy or save up for? And this kind of gap now with delays has kind of allowed us to take a different approach to our hobby. And mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of different things. I have done many different things, and I will go into that. But I want to hear what we think we need to do or what we're going to do to help ourselves get through the trickle of actual new experiences that are coming out the next five to six to seven months. So, Mark, you kind of had a strategy because of baby, but does that change? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll see, uh, you know, my, my strategy – my my thinking for the strategy of of most likely playing a lot of switch as i can pick that up and take it on the go and and kind of play it a little bit more fle- more more flexible than uh my my xbox or whatever um 
I don't know if if that part of it will change, but uh, you know, as far as what I plan on playing, you know, if this really does delay things, and we're we're seeing everything from Fortnite's next season just got delayed or, or pushed back a little. Uh, which I I don't think they ever outright said that it's it's due to COVID nineteen specifically, but I'm sure that's playing at least a part into it. Um, to you know, big games being delayed and whatever. Uh, I'm, you know, most likely going to go back in my back catalog, play some old things. Uh, if this Super Mario Collection doesn't pan out, I'll probably uh, just actually moved all of my old consoles so I can kind of hook them up and. Uh, maybe go back and play those games anyway, even without this uh, this remake collection. Um, aside from that, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm hoping that we see some of these collections, just because I I want those gaps to be filled, and it doesn't matter if it's a new game or an old game packaged as a new game. Um, that's that's kind of where my head's at right now. Is is I'm not overly concerned, but I know I'll have a ton to distract me. Uh, but you know, depending on how long that's delayed until uh, when I'm kind of when I have the free time to get back into to really putting some time into gaming. Um, yeah, maybe I will try out some new franchises and new things. I know last time the Fortnite season got delayed, it gave me a great chance to stop playing Fortnite every night and go and play some other things. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing this will be just kind of an extended version of that. Uh, but like I said, I, I am hoping that those gaps are filled with some remakes, some remasters, some some file save as, you know, new console fill in the blank here, right? Uh, it's it, that, that'd be great because, uh, you know, I, I've had a great time with Mega Man Collection. We talked about the Sega Collection, um, so yeah, those playing those games, but being able to play them on this uh, little handheld tablet uh, should be should be uh, a great distraction, I guess. What about you guys? You want Matt, to don't say Bloodborne or Dead Souls. Are you are you confusing me with Moose? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Come on now. now. I, really, on. I realized I did start. I, I, yes, Dark Souls yes. and Bloodborne are two of my favorite games of all time. Part of my favorite series. I could go on about them for hours. Not going to do that here. Um, so when uh, like when the the end of the year comes around and, and I write my favorite games of the year list i always tend to look around look around where i'm at and and sort of take stock at like what are my interests what am what am i what sort of what am i sort of new to what am i what have i been playing a lot of and not necessarily what can i leave behind but what do i need to like push aside so i can truly like try something new um 2019 was really interesting for that because like going into 2020 i knew i feel like i knew less about uh, games coming out in 2020 than I ever had previously, um, especially with being on podcasts. So now with what I did know getting delayed or pushed off or, or, or just moved out of the way, like I'm looking at things like, all right, uh, I've developed a fascination with mobile suit Gundam in the last year. Um, well, well, redeveloped. I was, it was, I loved it when I was a in a, when I was a teenager, but but now I'm back. Um, so I actually picked up a game on PS4 called Gundam Versus. Played it a little bit, but I also found out a new two-on-two Gundam Fighter is coming out this year, and I'm like, you know what? I've never really gotten into this thing. 
so I'm going to try it. Um, there's a there's a, a a very anime mech. I think it's like an RPG, like with real time battles, uh, called Sakura Wars. That is maybe less than a month out. I'm going to try that because it's something I've never really done before. It's something I've never heard of. So now is the time to try and learn something new or expose yourself to, to new experiences. That's why I tried Animal Crossing because that was my first one of those. And I'm pretty sure prior to that, I had probably dunked on that franchise uh, incorrectly. Um, and and now I think it's actually kind of wonderful, despite what that horror show of a bunny did to it. Um <laughs> And, and then, and then the backlog is always, uh, it's always really close and uh, an ever present reminder of, Hey, you haven't played me yet. Maybe now's the time. Put your card down. No, don't go to pay. You're not paying for that game. Play me. I'm right here. <laughs> Todd, man, X collection, man. I own that. I, before like this weekend or whatever, I, I own that for a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> I just started playing it. You know, like it, that, I hear you. I bought Doom and Animal Crossing the same day, and I've not touched Doom. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> well, after the grind of Animal Crossing, you might be ready for Doom. Maybe. Woo, woo. Man, oh man. Doom is unforgiving. That's all I'll say. But man. Well, I have done some looking, and you might be able to get that that first platinum trophy in Doom because you can do it on the easiest difficulty. Just saying. It's funny. They just, just released a hipster arc file, like a costume for the arc file, like a uh, demon that looks like a hipster. He's taking awesome. selfies. Oh, it's so, it's so good. Awesome. <laughs> I got the unicorn costume for mm-hmm. the doom, doom slayer. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. It's, it's, it's a great a palate cleanser, I guess, as you get the gunk mm-hmm. in your mouth from killing all those monsters. I don't know. But yeah. for me, I'm doing things a little differently. And the cool thing is, I don't know if anybody, anybody who's a PC owner, there's a thing called good old games galaxy. Yeah. It's an awesome service. If you get a chance, because basically grabs all of your games from any type of gaming platform. You own Epic game store, steam, PlayStation four, Xbox, maybe even Nintendo. I don't know, but it's cool because I often forget which games I own and where. Because Epic Games Store gives you games every week. Steam gives you games. I mean, right. Amazon gives you games. It's it's a, They're all over the place. So I'm, I'm trying to go through there to see what is worthwhile playing. That's how I found uh, Slay the Spire. Hmm. That's how I found a bunch of other games. And I so think I'm going to do a little bit of that. Yeah. But I realized that I love The Witcher 3. It's one of my favorite franchises. I played the original Witcher didn't really enjoy it because it's more like a Diablo type game, a little bit different. But I'm really curious to try Witcher 2. I own it many places, but apparently it's excellent on the Xbox X or uh, Xbox One X. So I'm like, why shouldn't I just embrace that I love the Witcher and try that? But the other part is I bought an Xbox 360 because I'm a moron. Because the Xbox <laughs> One backwards compatibility is a, a weird mess of like things you can't play certain ways. Some I was going to play Arkham Origins on Xbox One. You can't download the game, so you can only play it backwards compatible with the disc. But you can buy the DLC and play it on Xbox through the Xbox 360 store. It's very weird, guys. Very weird. But hmm. but I can play the Indiana Jones game, Mark, which I talked about last week, natively right. if I put the disc in the Xbox One. 
that's super weird. But the there's certain games like Captain America and Wolverine, which I really wanted to play these games because I enjoyed them on the 360, but never beat them. You cannot play them on the Xbox One because they're a licensed game. So I'm gonna go back into the all the crap I can't play, like those mm. games. I really want to play those. I've got the Buffy game that I want to play. So I'm gonna go back and just indulge some of my passions for licensed content that I love. They're kind of like dead franchises. I'm just gonna enjoy it because yeah, you know what? Why not? I've started playing a little bit of that game. I want to play more. I own it somewhere. I just need to play it versus <laughs> buying more shit I don't need. So it's out here somewhere. I know it. Um, I've just got so many good games that there's no excuse for me to continue to buy stuff that's just going to sit in a pile. Like Doom is just sitting there. I'm like, I'm not really enjoying it. Should I Should I just keep pushing to keep playing it? Maybe not. Darksiders Genesis. I enjoyed playing with my son co-op, but I'm not really enjoying it as a single-player experience. So why should I force myself to play stuff I don't really enjoy? Why don't I just embrace some stuff from the past and just have a good time? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I haven't even beat Luigi's Mansion 3, and I need to, because I enjoyed that game. Yeah. You should. Great game. Audio. I haven't, play, I haven't played it yet. I want to play that. I, I love Luigi's Mansion as a series. It's I adorable. The, I didn't play the second one because I didn't have a 3DS, but I no. love the first one. So yeah. It's adorable. And mm-hmm. the control's yeah. a little wonky at first, but... I really need to go back there. So I think this might be uh, this might be a mixed blessing, guys. I don't know. This isn't good for the gaming industry. But for us, maybe it's a good thing because we mm-hmm. can clear some things up, get some more context, go back to things we love, and recommend things that maybe got overlooked. Agreed. Definitely. So, Matt, people need to know where they can follow you on the interwebs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, at infinite underscore rewind. Um, I, I, and that's actually not like a hollow thing anymore. Cause I actually tweet now, which is weird. I think the last time I was on this show, I did not tweet. <laughs> so, but I still said it anyway. Um, you can check out my podcast. We talk about our adventures in video games as well. Uh, it is called story route zero. Um, I host it with my buddy, Jason, who is a big fan of, uh, of secret friends, uh, and, uh, my buddy moose who is just a big fan of Bloodborne um, and The Division 2. And then uh, we also have Captain Canada in tow. Uh, he plays a lot of everything on PC. And uh, that's Matt Phillips. Different Captain Canada, Mark. No disrespect. <laughs> There's a few Canadians in the uh, gaming I mean, world. you all know each other, yeah. right? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, yeah. No, he's Matt from where? Uh, Toronto. Oh, great guy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when like this. Uh, but yeah, you yeah. can follow me. You can follow me there. Infinite underscore rewind. That's my handle everywhere. PSN, Instagram, Twitter. And then uh, Story Route Zero is my podcast. Check us out. We're fun. Not as fun as you guys, but we're fun. Oh, no. You guys are a blast. Love that. <laughs> um, yeah. So check out Matt. Matt is a great storyteller and he is a musical maven. He's written some about music. Go look and and try to find those. Thank you for joining us. This has been a pleasure. You are one of my favorite people. Uh, Love you, bud. And uh, keep doing what you do, man. Well, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at TXTRA and at the Canardian. We have a Facebook group and a page and the hotline is available. 872-225-2496. Leave your hot take, review, a recommendation. Three minutes or less and you can be entered to win a giveaway for Round Guard on Xbox One. Thanks again. And remember, it's always better to game together.